Good evening, good evening. Um, when pastor at the beginning of the year asked, I don't remember when you, when you mentioned it, but it was sometime in the beginning of the year, the, the end of the last year. Um, I don't know about anybody else who does this that's not pastor, but most of what I, what I preach has come from my devotions in the last six months. Um, but uh, tonight I'm going to preach on how to, how to have God hear you. Um, and, and when I read the, when I read the first verse, you may, you may have a little, little question as to how it is, but uh, how do we guarantee, how do we know that God will hear us? Or how, do, how does God speak to us? Well, his Bible, his word, uh, the Holy Spirit. But how do we guarantee that he will hear us? Uh, if you look in Romans, if you don't do what it says in Romans 10, 9, 10, and 13, the rest of this message is not for you. Um, if you do not confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart, let's, I'll just read the verse, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in his heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. If you don't do that, none of what I'm about to say applies to you. Maybe some of it. There might be one. I think there's a, there's a, there's a sentence or two that applies to you but most of it does not apply to you. Um, so with that, we'll pray. Uh, dear Father, I thank you for this opportunity I have to preach. I thank you for your word. I thank you for how you speak to me, and uh, I can see how what you've given uh, to me has a direct impact on my life and in the life of those that I come in contact with. Help me to clearly say what you'd have me to say, and I thank you for how you do speak to me. Lord, I thank you for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, first, we're going to go to Numbers 11.1. 1. And I was reading this sometime around Memorial Day, and there's a phrase in the middle of this verse that I'd never noticed before, but let's read the verse first. And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. And the people cried unto Moses, and when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched. And he called the name of that place Tibera, because the fire of the Lord burnt among them. Um, like I said, I've read this verse many times. I've read through, through my Bible many times. Uh, but for some reason, this last May, when I read through it, um, the phrase, and the Lord heard it. I've always, I've always heard, and when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. That is a true statement. But what I'd really never noticed was the phrase immediately following, and the Lord heard it. So often we're trying to get God to, to, ha to ha get God's attention. Well, if we see here, there's, this is one way, not recommended. Yeah. Uh, this is one way uh, to get God's attention. Um, and that phrase, the Lord heard it, kind of pricked something in my mind that I just wrote down as I was reading my Bible and I came back to later. But let's, uh, you know, let's look at what the dictionary says about complain. Um, complain is a verb. It is to utter expressions of grief or lament. Uh, what I like about the 1828 dictionary is most of the time, uh, there is a Bible verse that goes with it. I will utter, I will, and it says, uh, I will complain in the bitterness of my spirit, uh, Job 7.11. Um, 
I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Uh, Psalms 77, 3. And then this one, this verse that we just read, to utter expression of censure or resentment, to murmur, to find fault. And it's, and it's uh, Numbers 11, 1. There's a few other places in there, uh, a few other things in there to utter a grief of uneasiness or pain than a couple other ones, but you get the idea. We all know what complaining is. We don't need to go to the dictionary to look it up. But it is interesting, the verses that are in there that talk about complaining, that um, Webster um, talked about. And uh, let's go to the one that, he, the one that was mentioned, Psalm 77. Uh, three. I've all gotten them written and down here, but I am going to turn to them so that I'm not reading ahead of you. Psalm 77, 3. I remembered God and I was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Um, Complaining, complaining and being overwhelmed are linked. If you're complaining a lot, you will be overwhelmed. Um, but that's not really what this message is about. Uh, so let's get back to the regularly scheduled programs. Um, but my children have heard this verse, Numbers 11, 1, at least weekly, maybe, for a long time. Um, I have a different version of this verse that's quoted in my house. It's when the people complained it displeased the Lord and he nuked them. Because if you read, it's in the Hebrew, believe me. Because if you read 11.1, and the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. That sounds a lot like a nuclear blast. But you get the idea. God does not like complaining. And then I had another, I'm not a huge fan of quotes in sermons, but I think they are, do have a point in, in, at some points. Some people will go out of their way to find a quote, and it's like, yeah, sure. Um, and, I've, and I'm sure, I've, I know I've done them, but it's uh, Theodore Roosevelt once said, complaining about a problem without posing a solution is called whining. Um, now, I'm not saying, based on Numbers 11.1, 1, that if you go out and complain about something that's in your life, that God's going to evaporate you. I'm not saying he won't either, because he's done it once. That doesn't mean he won't do it again. But there's a few things in Numbers that are, or were once-in-a-lifetime things or once-in-Scripture things. Korah, the ground, ground opened up and the whole family went down. Uh, I think that's only happened once. It's going to happen again, but that's only happened once. Water from the rock was also in um, Numbers. Now, this second time that it was there, he was supposed to speak to it, not hit it. And that got Moses and Aaron kicked out of the promised land. Um, so that probably hasn't happened. I haven't seen that in the last couple of days. Uh, the brass serpent was also in Numbers. Uh, let's go to Numbers 21.9. Numbers, to me, is an interesting book. This, this isn't really what this message is about, is the book of Numbers, but... I'm always, numbers used to bore me, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of lessons for Christians in numbers, about a lot of lessons of, you know, if, you know, like Pastor King often says, like, if, if nothing else, your, your life can be an example of what not to do. Well, that's what the book of Numbers is, is what not to do. Um, and Moses made a serpent of brass and put it on the pole, and this is after 
they had done a lot, you know, more complaining, imagine that. And the, put a serpent of brass and put it on a pole, and it came to pass that if the serpent had bitten any man when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Um, just as an aside, there's lots of atheists in this world, lots of them. There's a lot more atheists today than there was 25 years ago. Um, but how many of them walk through the door of a hospital with a brass, with a pole, with two serpents on them? So do they leave? Because that's a biblical, that's a biblical symbol. So they can't go, an atheist shouldn't go to a hospital with that on there. Not saying they shouldn't, but if they're going to stay true to their religion, they should not go into a hospital or an ambulance with that on there. But that was for free. Um, all of those things that I just talked about have never been repeated likely won't be for a while. There's some pretty strange things coming in the last half of the book of Revelation. I don't really want to be here for those. Um, and I'm, I'm glad I won't be. But there's some really weird stuff that's going to make um, numbers look pretty tame. Um, but complaining, complaining takes the victory that you have in your life and makes you a victim. You look at what the people of Israel were known for in the wilderness. They were known for complaining. And you know what? God heard them, heard them, and, and he destroyed a whole generation because of complaining. Um, one, more, one more last thing. If you look wherever people are chastised for complaining, the world isn't chastised for complaining. In this particular example, it's God's children. Now, we are not the children of Israel. Nobody in here is Jewish that I'm aware of. Um, but we are grafted in, according to the New Testament. We are now part of his, we are now his children. And his children are the only ones that are complaining, or chastised for complaining. He doesn't chastise the world, because, you know, as the book that my father used to read, donkey, donkey, silly donkey, that's what donkeys do. Well, you know, the lost world does a lot of things that the lost world does just because they're lost. They don't know any better. We know, we know better. That doesn't mean I don't complain. But if I want God to hear me, complaining is one way to do it. Not the best, but it's a way. Um, so now we'll go to the positive examples, for, so the ways we want God to hear us. Um, let's go to the next page. Um, so that was point one. Pretty negative. But then in the next one is in Second uh, uh, Chronicles 7. Now, before I get to the verse that I'm going to read, Second Chronicles, the part, of the verse I'm going to read is, is God's response to Solomon's prayer, and Solomon's prayer of dedication in the temple is all of chapter six. I'm not going to read Second Chronicles chapter six, but it's 42 verses in my Bible, which is I think uh, yeah two and a half pages. Um, that's a, it's a great, that is a great prayer to read and to live. If Solomon had stuck with everything that he prayed when he dedicated the temple, there would not have been a divided kingdom one generation after his death. Um, but first, we'll, before I read the verse that I want to read, let's read 
uh, the first three verses. Now, when Solomon had made an end to praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priests could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord came of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. I've been involved in some pretty, pretty neat prayer meetings, both here and other places in my living room, thousands of miles away from here. I've never seen that. That's, that's pretty awesome. That's not what we're talking about. Um, by the way, is one of these waters up here mine? Is it the one on the right, Jerry? Let's see. Ah, the bottle one. It's open. It, it cracked when I opened it. So that was, that was the introduction to verse 14. I'm sure most, most of you, as soon as I said Second Chronicles, you probably, seven, you probably figured this is where I'm going anyway. But if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Um, you know, it's, it's talking about in this, in this uh, just as a, it's a formula for us to be heard. Um, I, rem I remember when I was a teenager and even into my early 20s, um, this verse was preached on everywhere. You saw it everywhere right after 9-11. It was everywhere. One thing to me that is noticeably absent in this whole coronavirus thing and everything that's happened, I don't think I've heard one time, maybe I have, maybe I haven't been paying attention, this verse has not been mentioned with regards to this pandemic. We've heard about the prayer of Jabez. Wonderful. Now that's pre, the, uh, the emerging church knows about the prayer of Jabez, which is the prayer of Jabez is very much a peace, love, and happiness, God give me good things prayer. And then when it comes to this verse, all, the, all of those same people turn into hyper-dispensationalists, meaning that verse isn't for us because we're not the children of Israel. Well, I'm sorry, but if you can claim the prayer of Jabez, you can claim this one too. Uh, but as we'll, we'll talk about through, through the rest of this message, there's a reason most people, the, 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 us included, we don't really like to claim all of what's in this verse. We like to claim the I will heal from, hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. But we don't like to live the first half. And that's really what the, the bulk of tonight's message is about, is the first half of that verse. Um, again, I, and maybe somebody else who's paying more attention to the, what's going on as far as the news. I mean, I pay attention just enough to know what's going on, and then I turn it off, because I don't need to be that upset. Um, but a lot, I haven't heard a lot, of, a lot of anybody saying, what about what Second Chronicles 7 is still in the Bible? Um, well, the first thing it talks about is 
so we'll, we'll, we'll get into the, the thrust of it. But the first thing that God says, if we, we want to, this is a very simple message. You can, you can follow right along. Um, you know exactly where I'm going. But it says, humble themselves. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5. And Pastor, you, uh, I think we're going to read about half, half of the, ver my, the verses I read this tonight, or you read this morning. So it was just, I knew, I, was, I knew when I read that verse that this is what I was going to be preaching on. But then when I heard Pastor this morning, after I had already typed this all out, and he's going, he didn't, co he didn't say anything, he didn't cover it from the exact same angle, but all of the verses were in here. I was like, maybe we're supposed, to, maybe I'm supposed to be paying attention. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5, you, you have this, this will be written in notes twice today. Uh, likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be ye clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, unto the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due, due time, casting all your care upon him, him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walketh as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Um, Obviously, humble, humbling yourself. God, God places a premium on that. That's the only way that we're going to defeat Satan is by us humbling ourselves. And if you thought, well, that's just an isolated incident, go to James chapter 4. It's not the exact same words, but the... the, the uh, all of the concepts that are in 1 Peter 5, 5 through 9, are in James chapter 4, 7 through 10. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw an eye to God, and he will draw an eye to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. That's a good verse for coronavirus. Cleanse your hands. And purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted, and mourn, and weep. And let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. That's pretty self-explanatory pretty self um, for those who think the King James Bible is hard to read and hard to understand. Uh, there's no words in there I didn't understand. There's no words in here that Timothy didn't understand. He might need a little more time to figure out what exactly was saying, but I think he could get the gist, gist pretty quick. There's no strange concepts there. Um, just as a point of context when we're talking about humble. Humble is mentioned in the Bible 25 times. Um, humility is mentioned seven times. This is according to Blue Letter, Blue Letter Bible. Don't, this, is not, this is not Bible. This is not, so I could have missed one. Um, but 22 times it's mentioned humbling. It is generally done by you. Only three times when humbling is mentioned it's where God humbles a person. So let's, we'll, we'll look at those examples just because there's only a couple of them. Go to Deuteronomy 8, 2. And thou shalt remember all the ways which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee 
and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee to know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word which proceedeth out of the mouth, proceedeth out of the Lord doth man live. And then Jesus quoted that verse in Matthew 4.4 4 and in Luke 4.4. 4. Um, let's go to another one. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I think that's Corinthians, I hope. Yeah. And let's look at verse 21. And lest, when I come again, my God will humble me among you, and that I shall bewail many things which have sinned already, and have not repented of the uncleanness and fornication and the lasciviousness which, uh, which ye have committed. That one's a little weaker one as far as God humbling you, but it's there. and It's there. But those are the only two instances I could find, and if you can find other ones, please please let me know and show me. But generally, humility is a choice. And in the verse that we, re, we quote every, every time we have a service, go to Colossians chapter 3. I don't know when we started this, but it's been a while. I think I've got it mostly memorized, at least in here, when somebody's reading it from the pulpit. I did put a lot of qualifiers on there, you will notice. Um, chapter 3, verse 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Long put on. That implies and tells you that everything that follows is a choice. Hum humility is a choice. Uh, Proverbs says a man's pride bringeth him low, but it does not say a man's pride humbles him. A man's pride will destroy him, but it will not humble him. Um, humility is an attitude of the spirit. It is not a position. You can be posi positionally humble. You know, like when a, when a king or a dignitary, you know, when a king used to enter a room, they knelt. Well, that's a humbling position. But the Bible is not talking about that. The Bible is talking about an attitude of the spirit. Um, so it's uh, a choice. And then one other, one other example of humility. And this is where, this is one of the times where even the lost can participate in God hearing them. Go to 1 Kings chapter 21. Verses 28. Well, let's go to chapter, let's go to verse 25. But there was none like unto Ahab, which did sell himself to work wickedness, wickedness in the sight of the Lord, whom Jezebel, his wife, stirred up. So for those young men who are not married in here, who you marry has a great impact on your spiritual life. 
and the opposite is true for the unmarried ladies who you marry as a man has a great impact on your spiritual life and did very abominable thing in, in following idols according to all things as did the Amorites whom the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. So we're going back. This is going ways back. And it came to pass when Ahab heard these words that he rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his flesh and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went softly. Because he's just been told that he's going to die. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Seest thou how Ahab humbleth himself before me? Because he humble himself before me, I will not bring the evil in his days, but in his Sunday, son's days will I bring the evil upon his house. Now that gives great hope for me. I am not saying I'm better than anybody, but I think I'm better than Ahab because I have not wholly sold myself to do wickedness. Not today, maybe tomorrow, but you know, we're all, there are some days when it seems like the flesh is trying nothing better than to sell me down the river. Um, but for the most part, that's not my life story, I hope. Um, but God said, I'm going to listen to Ahab because he humbled himself. So if you as a Christian aren't having your prayers heard, are you humbling yourself? Because when God humbles, when wicked people humble themselves, God hears them. I don't see any too many people where I look at them and say, they have so wholly sold themselves to do wickedness. And all the bad kings after 1 Kings chapter 21 are compared to this guy. All of them. So say, well, you know, he's, he wasn't that bad. No, he really wasn't that good. But he did one thing right. He humbled himself before the Lord. Um, God says he will hear you. And then to, on to the next one. The next word in that thing was pray. Uh, this is pretty self-explanatory, and this is not a message about prayer per se. Um, but it is a powerful tool. And how often do we ignore the phrase, let's pray about that and mean it? I have not always been as serious about prayer as I am now. And I could be a lot more serious. But if anything, the events of the last four or five months have taught me, I am powerless against the nonsense that's going on outside of these four walls. And if you think you're not, you're delusional. Because this world is not ours. It says in Luke, the children of this world are wiser in their generation than the children of light. They know how to get what they want to get, and they're, they, they're not afraid to do whatever they have to do to get it. And if you think this whole coronavirus thing is just about a virus, you're deceived. This is not the time or the place to go off on the, the aluminum foil wearing hats conversations that we would all love to have. But if you think anything outside of these four walls is what it appears, you're deceived. Uh, the devil and his, his children are all about whatever they have to do to get whatever they want. Um, but prayer, but we'll, we'll, so we'll get into that. And that is nowhere in my notes. Nowhere. That was free. 
Um, prayer, pray, prayed. So, so just those three are mentioned over 500 times in Scripture. Now, not everything that talks about prayer and prayed is a prayer is, is directed to God. But 95% of them are. Um, let's go to, this is one of them. This is, I really like this chap, this, this particular one. Go to 2 Kings. And who knew you could get so much New Testament theology out of the Old Testament? Second Kings 19. And we're going to, for in the interest of time, so let's see. So Hezekiah gets a letter from, Assyria, from the king of Assyria. And Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwellest between the cherubims, Thou art God, even thou alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. Thou hast made heavens and earth. Lord, bow down thine ear and hear. Open, Lord, thine eyes. And see and hear the words of Sennacherib, which thou didst to reproach the living God. Of a truth, Lord, those kings of Assyria have destroyed the nations and have cast their gods into the fire, for there were no gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore, they have destroyed them. Now, therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, save us out of thine hands, out of his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art God, even thou only. Um, no, it is, I have prayed at the beginning of that prayer before as a joke, and you should have seen the look on people's face, and the person who hurt, who was hearing this knows. Maybe she doesn't remember, or maybe they don't remember, but I thought it was funny. I prayed, O oh Lord, the God, they asked me to pray, and I said, O oh thou that dwellest above the room of the universe. Basically, I prayed that verse, in all seriousness, and I got some looks, let me tell you. But it was funny. Um, and just in case you don't think that that particular one is important, this exact chap passage is repeated in Isaiah chapter 37. So God, you know, so nice he said it twice. Well, I think that's an ad. I don't know what, but it's probably bad. Um, but, but it was so nice he said it twice. This is in Isaiah chapter 37. I'm not going to read it again. Um, but Hezekiah... When, God, when Hezekiah prayed, God listened. Um, so I don't know what he did, what, what else he did, but when he, when he asked God for something, God listened. And God did what he asked. Are you known as a person who when you ask, things happen? You can be, but you can't be dirty. You have to take it seriously. Um, one other time, this this one, this one is well known. Second Second Kings chapter twenty, verses one through six. Again, this is Hezekiah. 
Now, right after he prayed this prayer, and you know what I pray I'm about to, most of you know what I'm going to talk about. 2 Kings chapter 20, verses 1 through 6. In those days Hezekiah was sick unto death, and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, sent to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Nobody wants to hear that. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now I, how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which, was, which is good in thy sight. That's part of the reason why Hezekiah was listened to. And Hezekiah wept sore. And it came to pass, afore Isaiah had gone out into the middle court, that the word of the Lord came unto him, saying. So this is a prayer that got answered very quickly. Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, thus saith the Lord God of David, thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears, Behold, I will heal thee, and in the third day thou wilt go up into the house of the Lord. We're just going to go to verse 5. But now, right after this prayer gets answered, Hezekiah utters a sentence that I'm not a big fan of, which was basically, oh, it's a good thing that you're going to destroy the children, my children, which seems to be the, genera the generation. That seems to be the American way. Well, I'm not going to pay for it. But I'm going to be dead and gone before the bill comes. So it's all good. But for this five minutes, Hezekiah did the right thing and God heard him. It had to be five minutes. I don't know how big the palace was. Even if it's huge, we're talking 10 minutes. Jerusalem's not that big. So if um, Isaiah is not even out, of the middle, out to the middle court yet and God's already saying, turn around, go back, change of plans... Um, Hezekiah got his prayers answered quickly. He knew how to get hold of God. There's, there's, uh, there's all kinds of. There's one more, and this one, this one's another. This one's another one that I that I really do like. Go to Second Chronicles uh, fourteen, and not all of them have to be the uh, oratorial prayers that we've all heard, and you wonder. Did they even make it out of the building? And I know you've heard them. I've heard them. Sometimes I've prayed them. Um, and you wonder, did they make it out of the building? Um, now, this is, this is another one where the kings of Ethiopia have gathered a million men, a million-man army. This is a million-man march. And they're going to wipe out Judah. And go to verse 11. And it says, And Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest in thee, and in thy name we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art God, let not man prevail against thee. There's a ton more examples in Scripture. You know, when they had the all-night prayer meeting and Peter and John got out of jail, and then they show up, at prayer meeting, and they're like, what are you doing here? There's all kinds of examples of people being, of awesome things being done because people prayed in Scripture. And I hope you have some of those in your own life. I have plenty of them. Write them down. 
Um, what you write down is not scriptural, script, you know, scripture, but you know, at a time when things aren't going so hot, look at what God's done for you in the past. Um, so again, we're not talking, this isn't a message predominantly about prayer, and we could talk about that topic for a while. Uh, the next one is seek my face. Pastor touched on that this morning. Um, but I have quite a bit. I'll read it. I'm, just, I'm not going to have you turn to them in the interest of um, time, but this uh, an interest of time, but this is again a choice. Second uh, Chronicles 12, uh, 14. And he did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. Uh, the wicked, uh, Psalms 10, verse 4, the wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. Psalms 27, 8. When thou sayest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Psalms 34.10 The lions do lack, the young lions do lack, and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Psalms 69.32 The humble shall see this and be glad, and your heart shall live that seek God. Colossians 3.1 If ye be then risen with Christ, seek things which are above, wherewith, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Again, this is a choice. Uh, then the last one, um, I think Pastor read this one this morning, I don't know. Psalms, Hebrews 11.6, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It doesn't say without faith it's hard to please God. That's not the topic of tonight's message either. It says it's impossible. Um, and again, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Again, Pastor talked about that this morning, but seeking the Lord. There's all kinds of times in the Bible where it talks about seeking. If you shall seek me, ye shall find me. Um, right now we're looking for a baseball glove in our house. We're seeking, but we're not finding. But God's not that way. He said, if you seek for me, ye shall find me. Um, and then the last, the, the last, well, one more. So we've so far we've covered humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And the last one is turn from their wicked ways. I when I when you read this, at least I thought about this for a little while. Why is this one last? You know, it, we're looking. You know, a lot of things in the Bible are very not. There's no formulas really in the. There's not a lot of formulas in the Bible. Like if uh, a squared plus b squared equals c squared. But there's a few of them in there. And a lot of times it's, things are laid out in a logical order. Why is this one is turn from their wicked ways last? I don't know if it's script. I don't know if it's, I don't have a verse to back this up. So if you find one that contradicts what, I about, what I'm about to say, you're right and I'm wrong. But I th the reason I think if that this one is last, because if you're not humble and you don't pray and you don't seek God's face, you're never going to see your wicked ways, ever. Because the Pharisees over and over and over again were called whited sepulchers. Why were they called that? Not because they were bad people. Well, yeah, they weren't so good. But 
because they couldn't see the sin in their own life. And if you don't think you have things that you deal with, again, you're deceived. Um, in the back of my Bible, I always write sin lists as I come across them. That, that term is not in the Bible, sin list. But I've got, you know, in this one I've got three or four. So I had to go to my old Bible to find even more. But um, 2 Timothy 3, I'm going to read a handful of these. And these are just some of the wicked ways. I'm not going to highlight very many of these wicked, the, the things that are on these sin lists. But I'm just going to hit a select few where I'm... Where I see them in today's society, and I see them in the guy who I put deodorant on every day. Well, Second um, Timothy three one uh, three one through five. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now this is talking about this is to Timothy, and it's not saying this is about the lost. For men shall be lovers of them themselves, covetous, boasters, proud. Blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful. That one drives me bananas, by the way. Unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent. That does not mean they need to buy special underwear. Wow. Jeez Louise, I shouldn't have said that. But fierce, despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the powers thereof, from such turn away. That's not, he's not saying the lost people you come in contact with, they're going to have this. He's saying, Timothy, the people who you are going to pastor have this. At least how I, that's how I'm reading it. He doesn't specifically say it's to the lost. Uh, let's go to Romans chapter 1. Now, this one is to the lost, but go to Romans chapter 1. And if you ever get to the point where you're thinking you're wonderful and you're all that in a bag of chips, just read Romans chapter 1. It'll push the old reset button. <clears throat> and I'm only going to read one verse here, because this whole verse, this whole chapter is a sin list, pretty much, from, from the time he gets down with the niceties, uh, and then he goes into the last half of the chapter is not so niceties. Uh, but chapter, verse 21, Because when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And I, we're going to go to another one. Um, Ezekiel. Chapter 16. I'm just going to read it off of here because it's going to take me forever to find it. Ezekiel chapter 15, 49 through 50. Because this was the iniquity of their sister, of sister Sodom, pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. And they were haughty and committed abominations before me. Therefore I took them away as I saw good. Uh, we'll read one more. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Chapter 6, 9, 
Ooh, let's see. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? But be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And then he says, and such were some of you, in case you didn't think you were, this applies. Um, I'll give you a couple more. Galatians, I'm not going to read them, but Galatians 5, 19 to, through 21. And it says, the works of the flesh are manifest. Uh, some other ones, Romans 3, 10 through 13. Titus 3, 3. Colossians 3, 5. Galatians 3, 15 through 16. Jude chapter, Jude 16. 1 Peter 4, 3 through 4. That's just some of them. There's a lot more of them that are in there. Um, I only wrote down a selection of them because in my old Bible it was probably half a column. Um, but some that stuck out to me, heady, high-minded, having a form of godliness, neither were thankful. Don't be known as somebody who's in, ungrateful. The word for that is ingrate, and it's not nice. If I call you that, I, there's, a lot, there's, there's worse things that I could say to you, but not very many. Um, being ungrateful is not something that a Christian should be known for, and I'm just as guilty of it as the next. But honestly, if my children are, they know if they want to, if they want to see Jesus, in ungratefulness is one is one of the ways. They're going to see me. They're going to see a side of me they don't like. Because that is that's that's wicked. Um, over and over again, unthankfulness is linked with a lack of faith. And it's, it's out there. It's everywhere. You give somebody a dollar, they want ten. You get some, it's, it's despicable. And it's even more despicable when it's in Christians. I'm not saying that with anybody in particular in mind that's here. But I see it and it, and it bothers me. You know, there's, <clears throat> you know when, when, I see, when I see somebody else's kids misbehaving and doing things that are on, you know, the David Corey sin list, yeah, sometimes it bothers me, especially when a kid's throwing an absolute temper in a grocery store. Um, actually, you don't see that much anymore. Because kids just say, I want, and they get. Because parents don't say no. So you don't, I mean, you used to see it, but now parents don't tell the kids no. Um, it bothers me when I see it in other kids. But we're talking about their kids. But if I see that behavior in my kids that's on my, you know, my top ten list of things you don't want to do, that bothers me, and you have my undivided attention. Where are you on the list that God has that says, hey, if you do these things, you've got my undivided attention, and oh, by the way, it's not to see how I can bless you. It's to see how I can nuke you. He's not going to. But you're putting yourself up for punishment if you're on that list. And it's not the, you go out and hold a, rob a bank and kill, and kill a child. No, it's heady, high-minded, unthankful. When they knew God, they glorified him not as God. That's the things that gets God upset with us. <clears throat> so the five things that, that I talked about tonight were complaining, humbling yourself, praying, seeking God's face, um, Turn from your wicked ways. There was a couple other ones that I don't have time for tonight. To, for tonight, that were just came up and um, 
tears, um, putting your soul trust in him, uh, distress, resting in him. And um, what is, why, why is this important? In today's interesting times, to say the least, I want God. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I need God to hear me. You know, the, 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 my theme verse, one of them, this that last six months, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which giveth to all men liberally and upgradeth not. I need wisdom. I'm responsible for my children. I'm responsible for things that happen at work. I'm responsible for things I'm not smart enough. I am not the smartest guy when, in, the, in the room. But I need God's wisdom. Well, how am I going to get that? I have to be able to have God hear me. And if, I've, and if I'm Captain Idiot up here all the time and just saying, well, God, you said to do this, I'm going to do that, why should God listen to me? Because I don't listen to him. So just uh, with that, we'll pray. Dear Father, I thank you for your goodness to us. I thank you that, Lord, when we do, when we are serious about having you hear us, and we, and we are serious about our relationship with you, you do take us seriously. And even sometimes when we're not serious, you, you still do. I thank you that uh, you don't, that even, when, even in our wicked state, you still hear us if we call out to you and we do what you ask us to do. I pray that you'll be with us tonight and be with us as we go from this place. Help us to be faithful to you. In your name I pray. Amen.